So good morning to uh, everybody. Uh, I can say new, uh, good morning because I'm in New York and um, I am addressing uh, an audience of uh, attendees from all over the world. So thank you very much for joining us today, the second day of our forum. Uh, the first panel of the day is on LPG shipping. Uh, we have with us uh, the CEOs of four major companies and Jorgen Lien from DNB Markets, who is going to moderate it. Uh, I will be very brief again, even though we all crave uh, the moment that we will all get together physically, still modern technology affords us to get together uh, on a global scale. We have people now, panelists who are together from all over the world and addressing again a global audience. Um, so uh, Jorgen, please take over. And again, thank you to uh, John Anders, Jens and Harry for being with us. All right, thank you very much, Niklas. Uh, so you made the, the introductions more or less and joined with uh, four um, important uh, people in, the, in terms of the LPG shipping sector today. Um, and uh, we're going to hopefully discuss uh, quite a few interesting topics uh, regarding to that. So just to set uh, the backdrop here, um, you've recently had many segments uh, that have been more or less in the doldrums following the pandemic. Uh, and one segment in particular, I think, has sailed through seemingly unscathed. That has been the LPG space. Um, though rates did come off in the beginning of the year, they have rebounded nicely as the markets seem to be at the balance, balancing point. Um, healthy demand and attractive price arbitrage to Asia are driving long-haul uh, export volumes out of the US where LPG stocks are at record high levels and production is holding up surprisingly well despite uh, oil and gas activity levels declining. Uh, so this translates to, to healthy earnings for, for the companies uh, but uh, seemingly the stock markets are, are not taking the bait and continue to price uh, the companies at steep discounts to underlying values. Um, so let's try to figure out what's going on. Um, and with that, uh, I think we'll, we'll start tackling the, uh, the first part of the, the first topic of this uh, panel, and that would be uh, the US production side of things, which has really been uh, something that's driving volumes and, and demand for vessels. Um, uh, activity level in the oil and gas space in the US is considerably down uh, following COVID-19. Uh, but production of NGLs and LPG continues to be strong. So it's an open question, I think, to, to all panelists, why, uh, why this is and, and what's your thought around the, the production numbers coming out of the US? Uh, are they sustainable? Who would you like to take this uh, first? Shall I think I, you, can, you can start, John. I, I like. can start, yes. Uh, I will start then with the production. Uh, well, it continues to be stronger than um, expected for many reasons and, uh, um, and I think that we have seen uh, elimination of processing and, and transportation constraints uh, in the chain. So uh, uh, the, 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 there have been you know, large NGL uh, extraction from the gas stream uh, this, uh, this, this year and uh, the infrastructure generally has, uh, has increased. We have seen additional uh, fractionation capacity being put on, online which is significant. And we have, uh, uh, we have seen uh, other projects completing uh, expansion in the ex export facilities and uh, also expansions in uh, pipelines. So as a result, um, uh, that has helped 
significantly in the logistics of uh, the product, the NGL. Uh, and then at the same time, we have seen the gas pricing, uh, because inventories have been high, we have seen the gas pricing remain stable to uh, weaker than crude, and therefore that has helped the uh, 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 the opportunity for buying uh, the, the product, the NGL products. And uh, generally, I think that um, maybe the, um, the analysis is a little bit bearish, um, having been uh, given a, a big blow in so many other sectors, uh, people expected that this should have been impacted as well. It has not. Um, as you know, NGLs are a product of not only crude distillation, but also natural gas distillation. So I, I, I feel that uh, uh, we, we are in, in, in a good position for, for all these reasons that I mentioned. Yeah, so is it, is it primarily connected to, to infrastructure improving or because you'd imagine that said, the activity level Infrastructure uh, that is improved, export capacity that is improved, and also pricing and uh, abundance of the product uh, that has made it attractive to uh, uh, places in the, far, in, the, in the Far East. You know, yeah. although dr drilling is substantially down uh, this year, already drilled wells is still producing, and, and that's, why, that's why the supply has kept up reasonably well the way we see it. Um, yeah, we, so see, it's, we, see the, we see it exactly the same. I think, uh, I think production, especially out of some of the fields in, in the States, is stabilized, and, and hopefully it will go in the, the right direction, further upwards, uh, as we go through the year and into next year. Yeah. If you have anything to add on this? No, I think it's been covered. I mean, I think again, you know, it's much higher gas gas to oil ratio in the wells, and so that's that. I think is contributing and keeping keeping uh, production well, you know, going flowing well. Exactly. I think that's quite interesting. And then uh, with that as a backdrop, uh, considering you know the outlook for production going forward with. Uh, expectations of both oil and gas prices to, to go upward, especially I think gas prices in the US have started to tighten. Um, how, how is that going to affect uh, activity levels and will that then to some degree negatively affect the oil, oil to gas ratios? We, we don't think so. I, I, we think we think we will continue to see you know good ratios there so but but obviously it's uh, you know where that point is. You know we we're not we're not quite sure about. It. But I I think we're not that concerned about you know slightly higher higher prices. But but I think we we need a higher 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 oil price to to see some more drilling again. Otherwise there will be less uh, gas available. So you know I I think that it's not a negative thing. That's for sure. If the oil pricing increase on comes up again. Mm. And I if it stays I, at I around these places. levels, would you, would you, uh, what impact would that have for, let's say, let's say, you know, the, the forward price for 2021, what do you think that translates to in, um, in production of the US in Evangels and LPG? Well, the predictions I have seen at least is for a slightly reduced production next year. That's right. The, 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 it has been, uh, they expect a six to 8% decline in production. That's the consensus of the analysts. Uh, however, um, uh, we, we think they are a little bit um, uh, bearish and uh, they, there could be a surprise on the upside. Uh, and uh, uh, that's where we think uh, things stand right now. So um, uh, it's difficult to say, but you know. I think we are we are not too far away from the point where we will see at least 
decent activity, building activity. I don't think we, we I don't think we need, you know, we don't need another, uh, you know, ten dollars to get there. So I think we're we're not too far away from from uh, the point where I mean, there's you know, technology is improving and uh, and efficiency improving. So so uh, we're not far away, I think, from from the level that uh, we should see some stability. So I agree. I think perhaps uh, uh, there's what's the the estimates may be a little bit conservative for next year. Yeah. John touched on the, the export capacity side with the, with some expansions coming on. Um, I know you guys in, in Navigator, Harry, uh, are are within the the export side and the facilities there. Um, is is uh, is there any constraints at the moment, both for US LPG exports? You think uh, on terms of the export side, uh, and what about more the pet chems where where you're more exposed? Yeah, certainly on the on the pet chem side, there's been a couple of bumps in the road recently. You know, with the various hurricanes that came along, shutting what 25 percent of capacity uh, for ethylene. There's been a few bumps in the road there, uh, but you know, capacity is available. Our terminal in in Houston has been available throughout, regardless of the, the hurricanes, and we've now moved over 300,000 tons of ethylene so far this year from that terminal. And obviously our capacity is about 500,000, but uh, towards the end of the year, we'll be expanding that to over a million tons. Uh, so I think the capacity is there and people are actually pricing the pet chems, especially the ethylene to move, uh, which, is, which is good news. And it's also helped by the fact that the uh, arbitrage is uh, back in healthy territory again, uh, particularly for, for ethylene. Uh, going from uh, United States out to uh, out to Asia, you know, you've, you've, we've seen healthy arbs of what 350, 360, 370 recently. Uh, yeah. Help, uh, drive, drive demand. Yeah, we'll get a bit back to the demand side, but you mentioned the hurricanes, and I think that's interesting in terms of uh, vessels and and uh, the shipping markets. Uh, how do they impact the balance? Are they positive in some degree, or is it more of a negative in terms of production shut-ins and so so on? Well, I guess I it depends. On the, I guess it depends on the sector, doesn't it? But um, certainly, if you don't have the ethylene or the ethylene arbitrage is reduced dramatically in the states or your domestic market price spikes, that means that more ethylene is going to stay in the continent and not be exported. So that's not particularly great news for uh, for us in the pet chem sector. So I, but I I'd imagine it's. it's I'd imagine it translates to some congestion and inefficiencies as well. I don't know. Definitely, if, uh, yeah, because you've got to filter the vessels. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've, seen, we've seen congestion in both uh, uh, Houston uh, area, of course, because of all these storms that have been hitting, uh, record storms this year, and also we've seen uh, delays at, in Panama, uh, which is caused generally by the COVID uh, issues. Uh, and, and trying to get uh, uh, capacity of vessels going through the canal. Yeah. Uh, probably being, I guess, sorry. Okay, probably being the, being the newest in shipping here. I mean, I, I clearly have learned that, you know, these inefficiencies, uh, they are not always that bad for us. And I think we've, so I think that's clearly been, uh, been uh, you know, affecting our shipping market possibly. Yeah, I think that's important to note that, uh, you know, these small things, they help us it doesn't take much to give us a little bit of a tailwind. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get a bit back to 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 how the the, the freight rates have developed and, and such, but uh, then back to the demand side, as you mentioned, there's been a healthy ARB uh, for, for exports of, of these products, um, but you've had a mixed picture, I think, in Asia, where China is down year to date, 10% year on year, I think. 
Uh, Korea and India, on the other hand, are up quite dramatically. Um, so so um, China, they have a political push to, to switch from LPG over to gas, uh, which could be a negative, um, negative and such. Um, while Korea and India, they have incentives the other way uh, to increase a lot of LPG production uh, or consumption, I mean. Uh, so how do you view the, the, the current situation of demand in Asia uh, and, and that developing going forward? How, how, uh, how stable is sort of the consumption levels that you've seen, uh, especially maybe for Korea and India uh, this year? If you'd like to answer that, uh, Anish, start off with. I think we've seen, uh, seen very, very healthy demand numbers from India and, and, and South Korea. I think so, so clearly that's, that is, that is offset, you know, the, the, uh, the softening in, in, uh, in China. And clearly it's been mostly retail driven. And of course, the fact that uh, we've also seen, you know, less, less uh, domestic LPG production, you know, given the shut-ins or refineries and so forth, that's also uh, clearly, you know, been, been a factor. But again, India has been very strong. And, uh, and of course, there we also have, again, uh, congestion, which means that, uh, as I just learned, uh, that's, uh, that doesn't hurt us too much either. So, so, uh, so India has been, been very strong. We also, earlier this year, we also saw Brazil and other markets also, uh, you know, picking up, uh, picking up some of the slack in, from China. So, uh, so the demand side has been stable and, and good. And uh, it looks like India's going to continue, clearly, you know, with the local subsidies there. Uh, and you know on this and LPG. I mean LPG is good. It's 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 a good product for 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 India and those markets. So so I think that will uh, will continue to see good good numbers from there. Then uh, ha, ha. yeah, go ahead if you had something. No, to no, add, no. I, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, India may overtake uh, actually China in the residential sector demand uh, uh, because of that uh, uh, um, implementation by the government. Uh, with uh, subsidies and uh, uh, trying to clean up their, their their environmental and health concerns that they have, and I think they're doing a very good job in in, in achieving that. Uh, so we, we I couldn't agree more with Anders. And then the, the um, another factor I think that's that's quite important here is the the exports out of the Middle East, which are impacted by an OPEC's discipline on production um, to some degree. Um, that's pushing more long haul cargoes, uh, specifically maybe out of the out of the US and to Asia, which is soaking up quite a bit of ton mile capacity. Uh, but how is that? Um, how is that impacting perhaps the more regional trades? Uh, Jens, is is that something that you're seeing? I guess it's an adverse effect to some degree. Yeah, but you know, we our, our business is very different than the the VLGC owner business because we have a, a very high contract coverage, and we are seeing that uh, our contractual partners they continue to renew vessels, and and the business looks quite stable. We've seen some contraction on the on the ammonia side this year. Uh, due to the pandemic, uh, but we also expect that to pick up uh, again uh, as we go forward. So, you know, we see a very stable market with increased demand for the mid-sized ships. And, and, and uh, what we, you know, what Harry said about the ethylene market is also very good news for us because it means that uh, his ships will not compete in our mid-sized segment. So uh, that's music in our ears. <laughs> yeah, good. 
So uh, part of the reason and explanation that we've been hearing a lot for the demand side and that staying healthy uh, despite maybe underlying demand not uh, not having at least the fundamental drivers considering COVID and all uh, has been that uh, the refineries uh, have been lowing, running at lower utilization uh, due to the demand for end products um, and thereby also tightening supply of domestically produced uh, LPGs. Um, that's, uh, I believe, been a, been a case in Asia, which has driven uh, to some degree the, the arbitrage to stay wide. Um, and, uh, but how is that outside of Asia? Do you see similar tendencies also affecting uh, trade demand for the more regional routes in Europe, for instance, regarding this? Yes, and, and this is a quite interesting thing because the, the, the lower refinery uh, runs or utilization has impacted on the smaller pressure ships. And you know we have a few of these vessels, and and especially in Europe, we've seen the market having uh, collapsed uh, uh, almost. So uh, and and that's obviously then uh, or potentially helped the VLGCs to, to to pick up that shortfall. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Uh, is that similar in terms of the 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 pet chems as well, uh, Harry, if, if, for your trades? Yeah, we we've um, you know we. The other thing that you've got here, I guess, uh, Jorgen, is the fact that some some capacity starting up in China. Uh, so you know the satellite um, cracker capacity is commissioning at the moment, and we just did one of our, the first cargoes, commissioning cargoes on the Navigator Nova there. So that's going to suck up um, Corella Revithane demand that just frankly wasn't there, um, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. To be frank, so that's that all helps. So you've got some capacity s starting up. Uh, like uh, Jens was saying, the handy side sector is a bit more stable, I think. Um, we, don't, we don't get the wild swings that uh, maybe you get in some of the other segments, uh, w w which helps us enormously. What about if the refinery utilization then again picks up? Do you see that as a threat to, uh, to, uh, to the demand side picture here? Uh, I don't know if you want to answer, John. Uh. Well, it, there could be, uh, um, but I, I'm, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, the United States Gulf is, uh, you know, the, 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 the main producer. Uh, they do have capacity to store, uh, as we have seen, they have huge inventories of, uh, of product and uh, it will find, it will price at a, price, at a, at a, at a way to, to, to move the product. I, I think maybe they're running this year. There are so many reasons why they're running lower utilization. Uh, we started with COVID. We started with so many problems, uh, the, uh, the weather uh, the problems that we had and so on. I, 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 I you know, the, we see that the utilization is uh, very elastic. It just moves around and uh, makes the product available whenever it's needed. We have not seen um, cancellations yet. Uh, even though there has been uh, discussion about cancellation of cargoes, we have not seen any yet. So uh, we're optimistic here that uh, the market manages to handle this uh, situation as, as it goes on. And I think, Jürgen, I think also, you know, yes, that might, might have some effect, but we're also seeing, you know, uh, with, with uh, you know, some uh, back to normal, you know, PDH plans coming up the stream. And so we, we, we do see there'll be more demand also coming from there. And of course, again, repeating, you know, the retail is, is still so important. So, so, uh, so I, I don't think we're overly concerned, but obviously there's something we need to, we need to watch. Hmm. 
All right, um, so that covers some of the aspects on the demand side. Um, we, talk, we talked a bit about congestion uh, factors, which are an important thing in shipping when it comes to tightening freight markets. Um, and, uh, and also discussed some of the, the fundamental side here, but how, how much of, uh, of what's going on in the freight market um, the past few months, would you say, have been driven by, by strong fundamental factors compared to short-term disruptions? I'm thinking then specifically maybe about the hurricanes and congestion that's been seen in, in Panama and, and such. Are, are the rate levels we're seeing now reflective of the underlying market or are there some disturbances here? Um, and if you look at the if you look at the arbitrage, I mean, it's uh, I think you see uh, quite a fundamental case for for a strong market. No, I, I would agree with that. I think I think you know underlying fundamental is good, but uh, there's no question we are being we are being uh, uh, perhaps helped by you know there's there's uh, you know uh, disruptions, there's uh, you know dry dockings. Clearly, is uh, is something that's uh, that's you know given us a positive at least. Uh, uh, you know, some some positive uh, headwind from tailwind from so, but uh, but I, overall I agree. I think the fundamental market is, and we've seen that also before all these disruptions. We've seen that the market has been quite quite healthy, and so and you know we looking back. I mean, we had COVID, we had the oil price war, and uh, and I have to admit that I was uh, much more nervous early in the year, looking at, looking ahead, thinking what the effect would be. So uh, so no, I think fundamentally okay, but yes, we are. We are also experiencing disruptions, which way clearly is perhaps boosting rates a little bit. I think a lot of people would agree with you, Anish, that uh, going into the year and seeing what was happening with COVID, I think uh, people had a scare. But uh, but back to what you're saying, Jens, I, I agree. The, the pricing picture and the arbitrage, it seems to be open. But then the question is, why is that arbitrage open? Is there a limitation of, of vessels? Uh, and is that long term or short term? That's why I'm asking about the... Uh, the inefficiencies because they can help uh, in that respect from closing the arb uh, or, or is this something that you see due to export uh, export uh, capacity being constrained on the us side which means that the price there is not interlinked with international markets if you have any thoughts Jens? Uh, I, I, from my point of view i, I think it is uh, more the the U.S. domestic situation with the, with an with the overhang of, of available product. I mean the, the 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 product availability, I guess, is record high, uh, and that uh, that is driving the exports right now. And then uh, yeah. the, as Anders pointed out or mentioned a little bit earlier, I mean, if we get a strong winter in the U.S., that may 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 have some constraints on 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 the export situation. Mm, I guess because that's quite interesting. Looking at the latest uh, weekly statistics from from the EIA, it seems that demand actually is picking up quite considerably in the US. Uh, so, so what's uh, what would be your view on on that, John, uh, on the demand coming back? Does it seem that way, and is is uh, would that be a factor to to consider for investors entering 2021? I think the demand will come back. Uh, and uh, I, you know, we we saw it this year. Even though we got this huge setback with COVID nineteen, and we saw the market uh, sink to uh, terrible bot uh, levels um, towards the uh, second quarter, uh, we've seen a very strong comeback in the third quarter, and uh, we see this. Uh, um, demand uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know interest in, in, in the products in, in this fourth quarter. So I, 
I think yes, we we will continue to see uh, better than expected markets, better than anticipated markets in the next year. Correct. Yeah, don't know if uh, if uh, if anyone would like to add anything to that. Yeah, yeah, I, can we, I agree with that because and that, and that's what most of the analysts are saying now as well that there will be certainly uh, a recovery. Uh, going forward, even even if there's a, a you know second wave of of COVID, it feels like things are recovering. And you mentioned the EIA data. The EIA data is positive on a lot of fronts, uh, on exports, on production, and on US demand. So it's all pointing in the right direction. Now, will there be some bumps along the road? I'm sure there will be. Um, uh, but uh, it feels like the sentiment is is turning, and it feels like things are improving. But, but clearly, but clearly, again, you know, if if we see a a, you know, a, a strong and expected pickup in domestic demand that will that will uh, that will not help our our shipping business. So so uh, uh, you know so so uh, we watch that, but it looks it looks stable and and uh, you know at these levels uh, and expected levels, I think we'll still see good exports. I think you know the oh. first first half next year may be a little bit weaker, but uh, uh, second half next year and going forward, I'm I'm also very optimistic on on the LPG market in general. Yeah, that would be my next question. The the usual seasonality in the LPG space is often, uh, or it has been historically as strong as during the summer months and then come off somewhat during the winter. Uh, is that something that's expected this year as well? Or is this going to just push through into next the high season in the summer? Uh, I, I, you know, this is a great question. I don't know. Uh, whether we're going to see the seasonality. The seasonality happens every year uh, in, in as much as the inventories are concerned. Uh, so the inventories are drawn down during wintertime. Uh, uh, I mean, and it's just about now that uh, wintertime is starting here in the northern uh, United States and we'll see it in other uh, northern hemisphere countries and we will see more demand uh, uh, for, for LPG during, during the season, the next uh, uh, four to five months until March. So uh, it's to be seen. I mean, it's, it has been following more or less uh, that pattern for uh, many years. Uh, we do not see why it would not happen that way. Uh, and uh, uh, it, 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 is, uh, it is given in a way, more or less. Is uh, the current strength that you're seeing, is that incentivizing any orders at the moment, do you think? Or... Uh... Uh, ship owners discussing with the yards. I see read today that there was another uh, order booked for some LPG fueled uh, VLGCs uh, coming in. Um, is this anything to fear in terms of the supply side? Are the yards very aggressive in marketing their slots uh, for for VLGCs? And it's also worth mentioning that the, a lot of the orders that have come in this year have been VLECs, so carrying ethylene. So that's uh, I guess uh, a positive in terms of volumes for your terminal, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the ordering, are are you are you uh, any, uh, are they aggressively contacting ship owners such as yourself if you want to start Anish? We, I mean, uh, well, they 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 always want to see they always want to see us coming in and ordering uh, new building. But I I you know I I definitely think it's the wrong time for us to start ordering new ships. I think there's plenty of ships in the market, and uh, and uh, I think you know we'll come back to that. But I think there's many things we can do to you know uh, make our fleet our current fleet you know even more environmentally friendly and so so to me it's uh, and even though i know again many of our customers they they always try to entice us to to you know give us some long-term contracts that i think at very very low returns uh, you know and build new uh, i think it's the wrong time i think we should definitely uh, 
you know, you hold off now and, and see both what you know what you know what future technologies are available and uh, and uh, and again I think we have plenty of ships certainly with the VLPCs. Yeah. I agree uh, uh, with Anders and uh, I think that uh, if we go forward we will go with dual fuel ships for sure because that's the only way to go forward but there's so many other environmental uh, and also fleet concerns that. Uh, we, we believe uh, uh, that it's, it's good to invest it and uh, put some more capex into your own fleet, upgrading your vessels, making sure uh, that they will be able to uh, trade in the future uh, with an improved footprint environmentally. So um, it is, it is, uh, it is a, a challenging time to make a decision of, in, uh, of ordering a ship uh, which will be able to trade uh, past 2030 into 2040 and have a ship that will not be able to comply with the future regulations that are being anticipated right now. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there and we'll, we, we can continue down that road uh, and sort of on the same track as well. Jens, you, you've ordered some, uh, some vessels, uh, VLGCs, uh, on... Uh, uh, you know, how, how, what kind of pricing and what's necessary in order to see more orders uh, come into the order book. And you've also opted to go for uh, the dual fuel LPG engines. As John said, I mean, if you want to order a ship today, you will order a dual fuel uh, engine. I mean, that's, I think that's, you would do be, be doing a major mistake if you didn't do that. Uh, our ships were ordered against the contract uh, to Equinor, so that was, uh, you know, a specific uh, requirement they had. And that was the same with the order you mentioned earlier on. So speculative orders, I think, will be limited uh, uh, going forward. You know, the, the yards are obviously very hungry. If you look at the three major Korean yards, I think they have an average of around 20% of the, the, their intended orders so far this year. So they're obviously very hungry. But as, as, uh, as ship owners, I think we will hold back because we, we don't know, uh, you know, it's hard to know what technology to go for. And the seemingly yeah. the equity markets, and we'll talk about that, but they don't really value uh, uh, shipping uh, these days in a, in, a, in a very good way. I mean, if you look at the, the value to NIE, it's, it's uh, uh, so new buildings is not the favorite uh, from the equities, equity markets either, I think. Yeah, but I, you mentioned an important thing, and that's the the interest from long-term charters in ordering mm -hmm. new modern vessels. I think that's becoming an increasingly important part. And you touched on it as well, Anish, that uh, some people are coming with tenders to to order capacity. Is this going to be enticing for a lot of the owners? Well, I can tell you, it's not for us at the moment. We have made the big decision <laughs> to you know to convert twelve uh, of our ships, and we think that. Uh, you know, when once once when we had the first ship coming on water now, you know, ready to to uh, first cargo pretty soon, uh, we think that when when our customers see that it's uh, perfectly fine to to convert a ship, it's uh, it's uh, they're talking about you know the uh, their environmental profile and they want green ships. And those are the greener ships. They're greener than the new ships because the carbon footprint of a retrofit it's uh, 35 times less that of a of a new build. And I think uh, that is something, and, and you know, as John is saying, you know, we can we can uh, we can upgrade our fleet. I think more than half the fleet can actually can actually uh, upgrade to dual fuel, and and that will both extend the life, and then you'll take away the risk of not being able to 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 play, you know, after 2030. So yeah. so so no, we will not build new. 
BW has been pretty clear, so let's let's hope you stick to it. It would be interesting if uh, the ship owners showed, showed that discipline and, and you saw the markets uh, tightening and, and staying where they are. I think that would be the first part in convincing investors that this is a place to be. But uh, have, you, have you ever seen ship owning and ship owners having <laughs> discipline? That's exactly why I was, uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's a fair point. So we can talk about it, but we'll have to look back and see if that turned out to be the truth. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Know, to, be, to be fair, in the handy size sector, I think the, uh, the building has been pretty disciplined over the past few years, even, even going forward and into 2021, 2022, there's only a few ships on, on order that we know of, which is a, a small percentage of the total fleet. So I think in handy size, it has been pretty disciplined. Yeah. But I yeah, think yeah, the good it. thing is that the uncertainty that uh, surrounds us will limit the orders irrespectively. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And it's, uh, it's but, but I, I would say the case that's made for using LPG as fuel, uh, both as a BW with retrofitting LPG and, and uh, UEN's at uh, XMAR ordering two LPG propelled vessels, I think that's at least um, an indication which direction things might be going. But then, um, you know, in, in contrast to maybe uh, uh, the tanker space or, or the, the dry bulk space where you're not really carrying a commodity that's that easy to, to use uh, for the propulsion technology as well. But uh, you two have gone for, for the LPG solution, uh, at least partly. Um, and then John, uh, you at the Dorian, you've opted for, uh, for, the, um, for the scrubber solution. Um, so uh, what's the rationale behind that? And is that something you're sticking to or does uh, converting to LPG seem like a more interesting path uh, down the road maybe? Yes, absolutely. We were the there uh, from the beginning when we built our ships, we were uh, very interested in uh, dual fuel. Uh, we still are. Uh, we did uh, uh, consider it and uh, we will consider it uh, uh, as soon as uh, it's, uh, you know, attractively priced. Absolutely. It's an interesting side comment I read today that uh, Japanese yard is now uh, uh, making a design for a cape size with LPG uh, uh, dual fuel. That's, That's very news. interesting. Yeah, I think you know, that I think this you know we we should we should all actually uh, you know make sure we're out there promoting the LPG as a fuel. I think I think it's actually. You know, LNG is getting too much attention, and I think you know LPG is a very good alternative. You know, for for uh, for many many segments, and yes. so uh, so uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we can we can you know show now over the next few years that this is actually a very very good alternative also for other segments. And I think you know the main thing I think is, is that we LPG at least it's a it's a it's a good step in the right direction because obviously you know that you know we will have to go even further, and and yeah. you know whether it's ammonia or or uh, or if it's um, Bio LPG, you know, I don't know yet, but it's uh, it's clearly something that we need to really, really focus on, and we're spending quite a bit of resource and time, you know, trying to trying to understand that. And the last uh, part of this, I think, you'll give uh, give Harry the word if you'd like to discuss the uh, you you've, you opted for some LNG and and ethylene uh, fueled uh, type engines as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, we did a, an ethane uh, retrofit uh, for one of our vessels that was, uh, you know, plowing backwards and forwards with ethane under time charter. And that went pretty well and it, uh, it helped reduce emissions quite substantially compared to the, the normal fuel. We've got another slew of vessels that um, can run with LNG that we haven't always used, to be honest, in the past. 
but the rest, the, the majority of our strategy has been compliant fuels so far, because fitting the scrubbers didn't really make economic sense for us, given the size of our vessels and the and the journeys that we're making. And I guess our our call was that uh, commodities commoditize. Uh, so we assumed that the delta would start to get get closer together going forward. So. Yeah. So what's the reason for not using LNG? Um, because we, at the very beginning, when we commissioned the vessels, there wasn't the availability of the product. Uh, so they yeah, exactly. started up on the on our normal fuels. Hmm. Okay. How are how are the charters approaching you regarding this? We've been slightly uh, touching on that in terms of new buildings, but are are charters looking to book uh, vessels at the moment? Do they put a lot of emphasis on on, on uh, these kinds of factors? Uh, what you're doing on call it the ESG side of things? If you have a comment on that, uh, Anish or, or John on the VLGC side. I mean, well, you're saying ask is customers or 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 uh, or the share or the shareholders? Yeah, your charters uh, to to charter. start off with. Yeah, well, I think I think there's I think there's a significant interest, uh, but I think also it's uh, you know I I think uh, I think the sort of the you know the the strong push uh, for for the greener ships, uh, although it's there, I think it's uh, still more at the top of the organizations than it's actually you know. Uh, uh, you know, going all the way down to the KPIs of the, the charters. So, but I think I think it's coming, and I think again, people will watch and see, and and uh, and we've seen quite a bit of interest in 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 our ships now. So, uh, uh, but uh, but uh, you know, obviously we we the first ones we're gonna we're gonna run ourselves, and we've decided that, and then then we'll see uh, after that. But yes, there's a significant interest. Yeah, we're running a bit short on time, but um, just to, to, to end with the, the equity valuation part, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, you've been in a segment where earnings have actually been quite strong uh, during this year, uh, but it's been a, recur a recurring theme for some time uh, in this space that investors aren't uh, really willing to pay up in terms of the steel value and NAV here. Um, so I'd just like to take your views on, and we can we can go around with a short answer on each. Uh, what uh, what thoughts do you have about being a public company priced this way, and uh, and what uh, what could you do in terms of either capital allocation or or or, uh, or other communication to to do something with investor appetite for LPG? So if we start with we can start with Jens. I think it's a big, big question mark whether you should be public uh, as a shipping company. And, uh, uh, but from our point of view, I think we have, uh, we're in the right segment. If you look at the energy mix going forward, uh, the, the LNG and the LPG is really the, the, the energy that will carry on for the longest or be a, a major energy uh, for a long, long time. So I think we're on the right side. But uh, uh, you know, I guess for the to to have a, the right pricing, we need to prove that we make money over time, and, uh, and I think that is the biggest challenge because the investors obviously question uh, uh, the long-term uh, uh, sustainability of the present market situation. Yeah, Anish, if you'd like to continue. Well, we are public, we will stay public. Um, I think it's, uh, to me, the focus is we, we, need to, we need to highlight more the returns we're earning rather than, you know, just to talk about net asset value. You know, I think in shipping, there's too many people focusing on that. You know, we're in the market. We don't buy and sell ships all the time. 
So I think the returns are important, and I think you know, and we're also a small, we're sort of a small part of the shipping community. But I think you know, yep. we over time can earn good returns uh, and show you know we're not going to fall in love with our ships, but uh, be 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 sensible. And uh, I think uh, I think over time, uh, hopefully, we'll get paid. Nahari, a short comment. Yeah, I think I, I think we are where we are, so we're public as well, and obviously that gives us access to the public markets, which is helpful. Um, I agree with all, everyone else. I think it's about discipline and making sure that you live up to the promises that you give uh, to the investors and also, also to the markets, but maybe sometimes trying to be a bit more creative to get an edge so that you've got um, a differentiator compared to other people in the space. Yeah, and last word on that, John. <laughs> Okay, um, the, uh, the pricing of uh, shipping stocks always been challenging in the markets. We all know that. And it's just because uh, shipping is volatile. There's no earnings sustainability. Uh, you know, once you have earnings, then you don't have earnings. So it is very difficult. And because we know that the markets look at uh, forward expectations, they value those shares at a certain discount as a result of the uh, um, lack of earning sustainability. We hope that this market improves and as LPG is concerned, it's a little bit less volatile than other markets. So, uh, but in, in, uh, in, to follow up on this discussion of uh, earnings, when we do have earnings, what we do is we return it back to shareholders, either with a buyback program or we can uh, uh, reduce our debt further we could consider dividends, uh, which is uh, something that, you know, always there. And then we can, we have to consider our uh, using some of that money to renew or upgrade our fleet. So all these are tools that we have in our toolbox and want to use. Yeah, super. Okay, I think we'll leave it at that. I think the positive side is that uh, the the, uh, the discounts are hindering getting financing to new vessels and might even lead to some M&A activity, perhaps instead. Uh, so all of that could contribute to keeping earnings stable for longer. So we'll see. So thank you so much for the, the panel today. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. It's been a great panel. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.